The Environmental Defenders Office promotes itself as a philanthropic organisation using the biggest, well, using the law to protect wildlife, culture, community and climate. In doing so, it's taken on some of Australia's biggest corporations. But the organisation's been under intense scrutiny after the federal court uh, accused, well, a court judge accused its lawyers of coaching witnesses from the Tiwi Islands in the Northern Territory and confecting evidence in an unsuccessful legal battle against Santos's Barossa gas project. The Northern Territory government says it's reviewing its funding of the Territory's branch and the federal opposition leader, Peter Dutton, has vowed to cut the EDO's funding if elected. Greg McIntyre, SC, is the president of the Law Council of Australia. Welcome to you, Greg. I mean, these allegations are pretty serious on the face of it. Uh, aren't donors to the Environmental Defenders Office, including governments, entitled to now question their integrity? Well, I don't think you need to question the integrity of the whole organisation. Uh, I mean, I'm not aware of how those things actually uh, emerged in that way. I mean, it may be, uh, there may be any number of explanations, a lack of uh, experience of the, the individuals who are involved uh, in doing it the wrong, what the court has found to be the wrong way, perhaps the lack of, of cultural understanding of the of the Aboriginal people they were talking to um, about what they were trying to communicate. So there's a, there's a range of possibilities as to how that came about. But it, it's, it, it's one instance of, of something going forensically wrong uh, it doesn't really colour the work that the an Environmental Defenders Office has been doing for decades uh, in the various parts of Australia. So y- your argument really is that pulling this funding would disadvantage everyday Australians. What are your major concerns here? Well, I mean, it's an important part of our political and democratic process uh, for the public to have an opportunity to express their views and challenge government decisions uh, in the environmental law arena as well as in other areas. Um, And that's been recognised by governments uh, for decades and there's been consistent funding um, in recent times for that. So the fact that um, something might have gone wrong in this one instance uh, doesn't provide a basis for challenging the whole process. Former Prime Minister Tony Abbott cut federal funding for the EDO back in 2013 and it was reinstated by the Albanese government. What was the sorts of things that went on whilst that federal funding was cut? What cases that should have uh, been taken further weren't? The the, the federal funding... Um, either didn't exist or in in an earlier era during the Howard and Howard era, um, there there was a limitation on funding which said that they could use it for their educational functions, which are quite significant, but not for going to court or litigation. So there have been various ways in which governments have dealt with this. Uh, That's then been necessary for... uh, Environmental Defenders officers to officers to raise funds in public, uh, and they do that. They it continues to be part of their funding base. But uh, if we're going to accept that there is a legitimate function for the public to be engaged in take in looking at the way government deals with environmental laws and protects the environment, uh, then there's an argument for uh, a clear that lot of government funding which allows that to happen uh, it's not going to it doesn't fund the whole of the processes of these organizations they do rely on public funding as well 
It has been suggested that charity law effectively allows non-profit environmental litigators to operate with low transparency. Do you think we need to rethink the charity law there or that there could be a case to answer under the charity law? I, I don't really understand how, what that means. The, I mean, the... Uh, no, I I've got no idea what that means. Well, you know, the fact that this um, the EDO operates um, with charitable or philanthropic donations from the public that, uh, and therefore uh, it operates, you know, as a litigator for environmental cases with alleged levels of low transparency, uh, that perhaps there, should be, there could be some reforms relating to charity law or that it could be looked at um, you know, in terms of oversight through the charity law? Look, I don't think there... I mean, if there's impropriety in the way in which um, uh, legal actions are run, then there are professional conduct bodies who, who look at that. I don't think the charity law or... or I mean, I don't think there's an issue of transparency at all. It, this is a public body which has clients who are members of the public. Uh, they provide... Um, position well that they, they have matters which they are concerned about uh, that creates uh, the possibility of either litigation or education and these organizations then take that on I don't know that there's an issue of transparency involved at all so what happens next here particularly with the Northern Territory EDO uh, Santos's quarterly report says that the, the delays to the project could cost around 450 million dollars there's also legal fees in these cases where a partly uh, government funded community law service goes after a massive company like Santos and loses what happens next? Uh, probably nothing in, in other than that Santos now get on with doing what they were doing. Uh, the the actual parties in this case uh, are the Aboriginal people involved uh, and clearly there's no, no reason, no useful reason for Santos to go after them because there's probably nothing to go after. Um, it's part of the process that, that uh, where there's a legal right and to pr progress these matters, the, the matters will proceed. I mean, if, if there was no basis for the action in the first place, then a company like Santos would run what's called a strikeout application, which would cut the matter off right at the beginning. Obviously, it, that wasn't uh, an option in this case, so it, it did go to a hearing and ultimately the court found... Uh, in favour of Santos and against the other party. Now, that, that kind of thing happens all the time. Well, in this case, obviously, the Northern Territory Chief Minister is reviewing the $100,000 a year funding arrangement uh, for the EDO follow, uh, following this failed prosecution. I do want to ask you just about one other issue while I've got you. Uh, New South Wales's highest-ranking judge, Chief Justice Andrew Bell, has called on the state government to better fund the state's legal system. He says magistrates and judges are overstretched. How dire is this uh, situation? Uh, yes, the Chief Justice um, uh, made that very clear in his speech that, that magistrates are dealing with... Uh, literally hundreds of cases in a day uh, and and delays are therefore occasioned and, and justice delayed is justice denied. So there, there are real resource issues um, that the Chief Justice is pointing out uh, and he was saying them publicly because uh, in, it needs to be drawn to the government's attention um, so that 
the right quantity of resources are applied so that um, magistrates and judges are not uh, subjected to a, a burden which is intolerable. Indeed. We'll uh, return to that issue on another day. Greg McIntyre, SC, is the Law Council of Australia President. Good to talk to you. And you. And I should add RN Drive approached the EDO and the federal government for an interview. They both declined. In a statement, the EDO said it provided a vital service that was disappointed uh, by the opposition's announcement, while a a government spokesperson said the government expects all organisations that receive federal funding to operate with integrity and expects the EDO taking this judgment seriously.